We are continuing in our series of the forgotten arts, is the little, little uh, phrase we've been using, or as Ashley called them last week, the hidden arts. Which <laughs> but um, we're going to look today at prayer. Now the reality is prayer is a massive... When I thought about this, I thought, what on earth am I going to do on prayer? Because, I mean, it's massive, isn't it? It's huge. So I'm going to be really quite practical um, I want to just give a bit of an overview for a couple of minutes, and then I just want to be quite practical, and for some of you might go, yes, Mark, we know this already, but I'm hoping that there'll be nuggets for different ones of you, including some of our uh, young people who are sitting in with us as well, that will help. But a verse that I've been using on and off, you will know, um, since the beginning of the new year, from, from January, um, Daniel chapter 6, it's the New Living Translation, verse 10. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, just to remind you, there were people who didn't like Daniel, didn't like his faith, didn't like the way he was so honoring of God. So they came up with a law that for a whole season, everybody just had to worship the king. And they got it to be signed, and it was on pain of death if you didn't worship the king. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. It's interesting, this subject of prayer. I don't know about you, but I seem to be hearing more and more people talking about prayer or mentioning prayer. You hear it on television programs I quite often... so. Jackie and I might be watching a, a cooking, one of these cookery programs, and someone will say, oh, I'm praying that, you know, my souffle or whatever it is, does what it's supposed to do. And they'll say, I'm praying. And, you, and I sit there and I think, really? And who are you praying to? The, you know, the god of souffles? Or, I don't know. Even the other day we were watching one of these American cop programs that we sometimes watch, and he says, you better pray to whichever God you worship so that such and such is not about to happen. And you hear people using the word prayer. It's highly likely that many of us in this room, probably nearly all of us, would say that we pray, probably quite regularly. But what does that mean? What kind of prayer is it? Is it something where you say, well, it's very matter of fact, I get down on my knees, I have a set prayer, it's something I've done all of my life? Or is it something that is it's like, well, I'm a chatter kind of person, I chat with God? There will be all kinds of prayer, and I want to underline some things in a moment. My question to us is, is it living? Is it alive? Is it vibrant? Is it dynamic? Is there something going on? Sometimes people will say, oh, I don't know. I don't even know if God is there. I don't know if anything's happening. What's going on? See, at its heart, Christianity is a relationship. Amen? At its heart, Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship with a creator, our maker, our heavenly Father. It's a relationship. So if we claim to be in close relationship with someone, we would say that we know them really well. If we know them really well, we're going to talk 
with them and communicate with them. If we're never really talking, if we're never really communicating, something is potentially very wrong. Prayer causes there to be an intimate connection between us and our Creator, the Creator of the universe. The other thing about prayer is it causes us to demonstrate our dependence on someone who is outside of us. When I pray, I'm going outside of myself for help. I'm going outside of myself for strength, for insight, for wisdom. When I pray, I'm looking to the other. Now, we might want to question, debate who it is that I'm looking to, the God that I'm praying to. But prayer is a demonstration of dependence. I'm not leaning on my own ability. I'm actually saying I need to go beyond myself, outside of myself, for that strength, for that help. Prayer is vital in the Christian's life and walk. It's absolutely vital in our walk of faith. If that is true, why does it sometimes feel like we're eating vegetables? Well, I agree. What's wrong with vegetables? We know they're good for us, but for some reason, as we do it over and over again, it can become very tired. And it's like, oh, carrots again? Can I, ke- can I cook them another way? It can become a routine and a pattern that can become dry, can become hard. Same old, same old. Truth is, there are many ways to pray. Sometimes it's deeply intense, even intimate in God's presence. Other times it's chatting with God, isn't it, as we go about our daily lives. I want to say this. It's important to say that no one one of these things is better than the other or even potentially more spiritual than the other, but different. The important thing is that we are connecting regularly, daily, with our Creator and our Maker. Now, you might say, but Mark, shouldn't this just happen naturally? Shouldn't it just happen naturally? But you will be aware that in all good relationships, they take work, don't they? They take work. They don't just happen to build a friendship. To build a friendship with someone, to build a marriage, to build a relationship, to build a team, to build a partnership, it takes work. It takes communication and, and, and understanding. When you take the time, when you make the effort, it grows and it develops and it deepens. So we have called this series The Forgotten Arts, but we could also have called this series Spiritual Disciplines. And you think, well, maybe one of the reasons we didn't use the word discipline is it because it, oh, it feels like, let's, you know, we don't like the word discipline, do we, very much, you know? But they're called spiritual disciplines. Growth in prayer is not accidental, it's intentional. Can I say that? Growth in prayer is not accidental, it's intentional. If something is worth having, or developing, we will take time. We'll make the effort. We'll even draw up plans 
will create schedules or schedules, whichever you want, to make sure that it happens. If I want to grow in something, if I want to develop in something, I will make a plan. Here's a deep sentence, but just something for you to think about. Motivation is about worth and value. Motivation is about worth and value. So the higher you value something, the higher the value, you, the worth you put on it, the more motivated you are. You think about it. So if you want to know the things that you value the most, think about your life, the entirety of your life, the things that you value the most are the things that you'll be most motivated by. They will be the things that you will go out of your way to give time to. They are the things that you will spend your money on. They are the things that you will defer another thing for in order that you might do that thing. Those are the things that you value the most. So whether that be family, whether that be possessions, whether that be your relationship with God... It's the things that you give the most priority to. Motivation is about worth and value. So the things you value the most are the things that you're most motivated by, whether you realize it or not. Now, I can see some cocks (laughs) going around. What do I spend most of my money on? What do I spend most of my time on? Those are the things you're valuing the highest. So I want to grow in intimacy with God. I want to know him more. I want to understand his ways. In fact, it's vital for my Christian walk and relationship. So I will discipline myself to make sure that that happens. I will carve out time. I will consider him in all sorts of ways. I will make my relationship with him a priority. Now, for the rest of the morning, I actually want to look at some real practical, down-to-earth basics some of which you'll know really, really well and will have learnt at Sunday school. Others of them you'll think, okay, so I'm just praying this morning there'll be some nuggets that one or two of you will go, that is something I can take hold of. That's something that I can grow with. I hope that that's okay. I just felt really prompted to, to go about it. How do I grow in prayer? How do I grow in prayer? Well, this is going to sound a bit naive and a bit silly, but you start you start. What what do I mean? There's a great little tweet from the Archbishop of Canterbury. Greg will be very proud of me quoting him today. Uh, The hardest bit of prayer is starting. So just start. However you can, God will meet you where you are. I love that when I saw that this, I think it was this week or last week, he, I don't know if the Archbishop himself tweeted, he's probably far too busy, but anyway, um, it had his name on it. The hardest bit of prayer is starting. So just start however you can. And I actually think that is a real truth. God will meet you where you are. We have a phrase. How many of you have got family phrases, little phrases that you use as a family that don't really mean nobody's going to own up, all right? But we, we've got little phrases that we, we use as a family. And even now, the girls are all, all grown up. We still use them to each other. Hey, see, look, I can see the family already kicking off. There are family We've got one, just be normal. <laughs> Particularly when the girls were sort of getting a bit older into the early teens. You know that one? Just be normal, whatever normal is. But, um, 
But we have that one, don't we? And even now, you know, we've got a 32-year-old, a 30-year-old, and a 23-year-old. And they'll turn to each other and go, just be normal. (laughs) Daniel knelt down as usual. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. I want to say this. We don't need a special voice to talk to God. In fact, I want to say to you, he wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you. We don't need special clothes to talk to God. It's the normality of who we are. The desperation of who we are. Where oh, I need to get to this place. I need to look like this or be like this. No. It's who you are. Where you're at in that moment. I love that as we, God was helping us to pick that up as we came into communion. We don't need a special voice or special clothes. I find it quite challenging, quite hard in certain settings where people suddenly put on this funny voice. And I think, why? Why? Where did that come from in tradition? Why do we need to put on some funny voice? A normal language in the midst of normal everyday life. Want us to know that, that God wants to meet with us in everydayness of life. Yes, we'll come in a moment and say, let's set aside a special moment. Let's, let's have some special moments. I think that is good. But I think for us to know, God is speaking all the time, but he wants to hear from us all the time. Amen? This is basic stuff, but I think sometimes we need to hear that. See, at its most basic, prayer is acknowledging He is my Creator. That all that I am, all that I have, is from Him. So coming from good brethren stock, good brethren background as I did, um, we would never, ever have eaten a meal without giving thanks before we did it. Now, please don't get into guilt and condemnation, but that's how I was brought up. But You know, at its most basic, that's our starting point, giving thanks. Giving thanks for everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstance. Let's say all together. Giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. Do you want to know what God's will is? At its most basic, give thanks in all circumstances. There's God's will. Give thanks. In all circumstances, for God's will for you in Christ Jesus, start always by looking to give thanks for everything. See, so often I think in the challenges, and challenges can be very real, but taking some moments to figure out what what can I just give thanks for to God, even in this moment, it begins to shift how I'm thinking. It shifts my perspective. Even in the trials, even in the challenges, looking to find something to thank God Four. Did you know the Jews had prayers for many, many things? Did, they, did you know that the Jews even had prayers for going to the toilet? And so they would go to the toilet and they would say, I thank you, God, that my bowels are working well. Okay? Jackie's going to love me for saying this, but it's a prayer I often pray. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's one of those things. And... Yeah, those of you who are getting, those of you who are getting to a, a certain age and stage will know. But it's like, thank you, God. It's all working. 
You know? And you say, really? Yeah, it's normal. Just be normal. You're my father, you're my creator, you're my maker. Hey? It's all the vegetables. So we're thanking him. Right at that starting, thank you for my food. Thank you. See, if I can't thank God for my food, how am I going to come to him and ask him for provision of huge finances? If I can't thank him for the breath in my lungs, for the the beauty of creation as I'm just walking or driving along, how am I going to begin to come to him and ask for miracles, for strongholds to be broken down in nations? Those big prayers. Start with thanksgiving. I also want to say these things are very interrelated. Start with praise. Start with thanksgiving. Praise, what does praise mean? It means to lift up, doesn't it? You praise someone, you lift them up, you, 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 yeah, you speak good of them, you speak well. We lift up the name of the Lord, we exalt, we adore. You see, when I begin to thank and praise my maker my provider, my creator, then my challenges, which can be very real, very big, they begin to take on a different perspective in the light of who he is and what he has done. So I no longer am I looking down at my circumstances, which are challenging, but I'm now lifting up and I'm, I'm getting an eternal gaze. I'm getting a bigger perspective I'm looking up and out, and I begin to see a God who is greater, far, far greater than my circumstance. However challenging my circumstance might be, He is greater. He is over. He is sovereign, as we heard. He's in control. He's reigning and He's ruling, and my perspective begins to change. But also as I give thanks and praise for my context Also, as I look at the context of others, we please continue to pray for our dear sister Donna. They've got some real challenges there in Burundi right now. These really are the poorest of the poor people in the world, and their country is making it harder and harder for them. So you can't go and take your money now to an exchange and get a nice amount of interest for your money. They've shut all the exchange places. So you can now only go to the National Bank with your money, and they've halved the interest rate. So you're getting half the amount of money that you were yesterday. And here we are, and we, you know, we're battling with the storms and all the rest of it. There's some big storms over there. Pray for Donna. Pray for the team. But you see, as I look up, as I look out, my perspective changes. That's why worship has such a great part to play. Love the worship today. So appreciate the guys that serve us week by week. And there's a lot of thought that goes in to choosing the songs and thinking about what the words are saying. But worship has a great part to play in my prayer life. I would encourage you, if you want to grow in your prayer life, begin to listen to more worship. Because it will, it will feed you. And if you're not sure, talk to some of our worship guys. Where do I get? What's the best ones at the moment? What are the, what's the album that you think is really growing you in your relationship with God? Talk to them. Ask them about that. It's important to develop a vocabulary of praise. 
See, most of us have two or three things that we say about God all the time. When you're praying, you'll have a couple of different things. You'll have a word. If, if you're used to listening to someone else praying, they always pray one or two things, don't they? I'm sure you say that about me. All right? Maybe that he's gracious, he's loving, he's holy. Now, these are good things, but often we don't say much more than that. Sometimes we even use that catch-all phrase, God, I just praise you for who you are. Have you ever said that one? I can't think what else. God, I just praise you for who you are. The thing about that is a bit like saying she's got a nice personality. All right? Have you ever said that? She's got a nice personality. What does that actually mean? All right? What do we actually mean? The truth is there's so much more to be said about God and to give Thanks for running up to Christmas. We looked at the names of God. We had a really good time, didn't we, with that? It's there online. Go back and and listen to that. We really dug into some insights into some of the names of God. There are actually more than 250 names or attributes for God in the Bible which we can use in prayer. Now, I'm going to get you to do a very quick little exercise, okay? I told you it's going to be very practical, so get ready. Okay, if you don't like the person next to you, think about who you are going to talk to, but no. Um, but one great little exercise is alphabet praying. Has any, anybody ever done alphabet praying? Do you know what alphabet... Yeah, oh, Steve has. Okay. So you go through the alphabet thinking of a name or an attribute of God for each letter. Okay? You can do it while you're exercising, you can do it while you're walking, you can do it while you're driving, anywhere. You just start to do it, okay? So I want you just to turn to the person next to you. Just go for A, B, C, D, E, right? Just come up with an attribute or a name of God through the alphabet, okay? A, B, C, D, E. F? J. I can think of J. <laughs> right. Okay. It's a great exercise. It's one that I do, and it really helps me sometimes when I'm, I don't quite know what to pray or how to pray. I just start going through the alphabet thinking about the heart of God the names of God. All right, A. B. C. D. <laughs> Can we have the Greek for delicious, please? D, divine. E, oh, Jackie's off. E, F. G. M. N. O. Omniscient, omnipresent, omni. Yeah. These are. One of the things you can do, you just go through and you begin to think about. And what you're doing is you're thinking about God, His nature, and you think, yes, and then suddenly you find yourself stopping. I thank you that you're my Father. I thank you that you're my faithful Father. I thank you that you've got the future. In your hands. And I, and I will begin to do that. Now you might say, Mark, my brain doesn't work like that. That's fine. I'm just trying to give you some things that you can do. One of the things you can do is you can write them down when you do them first time round because you can give yourself the challenge next time you do it, 
find different things to the things you had before. The other thing you can do is take one or two of those names, those attributes, tease them out and really dig into them and think about them and roll them around. Word association is another thing that I like to do, that one thing will spin off onto another, and that's fine. It's not a problem. By the way, it's not in my notes, but I remember talking to a pastor I worked with years ago, and one of the things I used to find sometimes at my study was that I'd be praying and I would fall asleep. And uh, has anybody else ever fallen asleep when they're praying? Yeah. And, and, um, and I was really embarrassed about it, and I actually thought I was needing to confess you know, I fell asleep in prayer. And he said to me, I never forgot it, Mark, what is more better place to fall asleep than in prayer? And it was so releasing to me, so releasing to me. Now, I know there's a place to persevere in God, but actually, if you do fall asleep, that's fine. What a peaceful place, okay? So be released in that. I just want to pick up on the word meditate. You will know, those of you who've been in the church a while now, I want to reclaim the word meditate for the Christian faith, okay? Um, I grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, and meditation did become a certain thing, and some Christians wouldn't even talk about meditation. But it means to take time with. It means to consider or to dwell upon. Of course, in the 70s, meditation became a thing of sort of dwelling on nothing. Empty yourself, completely empty as much as you can and and sort of be in the nothingness. I want to reclaim that and say, no, Christian meditation in that sense, taking time dwelling upon, is on the fullness of Christ, on the greatness of God. Fill your mind, don't empty it. Colossians 3 verse 2, set your mind on things above not on earthly things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, all of which we can do in everyday normal life. And I try to make myself, as I'm driving along and you see one of the amazing sunsets we get here or whatever, now there are things like that that do provoke you quite quickly, don't they? They go, oh God, you're amazing. We know that, don't we? The privilege of living here. But just sometimes the change in colours whatever it might be, using those moments more and more quickly to come to God, to give thanks and let that, that spill on. Is this helpful? Is this good? I'm just, just trying to just take us on a bit of a... Okay, now there is also an importance of developing a pattern or a routine. So Daniel did kneel down as usual. Okay, so it was normal, but it was as usual. There was a pattern... There was a routine. He prayed three times a day as he had always done. Clearly, he had a pattern. He had a routine. It was something that was built in there. The thing about routines is they help me to get into something quicker. I've got a pattern, a routine. I don't have to think about it all and what am I going to do. No, I've got a pattern. I've got a routine. And so I'm in quicker. It also helps me to, to get me get me going. It means I've got a place to start. Because I've got a pattern three times a day, so that's why some of these Bible reading notes or apps that there are now, I'll mention a new one in a moment, which I've found personally very helpful just recently. Um, But they give me a starting point. So I've got a a pattern and a starting point. I think those are good. All right, you say, but Mark, we're under grace, we're not under law, we shouldn't have, you know. No, it's okay to have a good pattern. Right? It's okay to have a good pattern. It's helpful 
to have a good pattern. I want to say to you, it's worth thinking about place and time as well. Where do you pray your best prayers? Don't need to shout out, but where do you pray your best prayers? One or two of you are turning to each other and saying, you know where you are. What environment do you like to be in? What helps you most in praying? Is it indoors? Or is it outdoors? Let's have a quick straw poll. Indoors. Outdoors. Look at that. Islanders, come on. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? I want to say, wherever you pray your best prayers, it's best to go to that place as often as possible. Now, for some of you, you say, well, that happens in my car every day on, on the, on, on the, every day on the way to work. Or I'm walking to school or I'm walking to work, whatever it might be. When are you at your freshest, your most alert? You might say, Mark, that's never. But uh, <laughs> when are you at your freshest, your most alert? That's a good time to pray. That's a good time to pray. When are you most tired and drained? Now, it's good to go to God when you're most tired and drained. But I also want to suggest to you that may not be the best time to really dig in in the area of prayer. But find a pattern around some of your freshest time, your brightest time. Now, you may say, but I'm busy with other things. But I want to say to you, you can build prayer even in those other busy times. Because you have an attention, you begin to have an attention to give thanks to God in the midst of the working life, in the midst of family life, in the midst of whatever you may be doing. I want to say this, if your prayer life, your relationship, your conversational relationship with God is stale, do something different. We'd say that about Bible reading. One of the biggest suggestions whenever somebody says to me, I find it hard reading the Bible, I say, change the version you're reading. Pick up a different translation. We have a great privilege. We can pick up a different translation, a different version, and sometimes it just sparks you and takes you off. I, I love it. In recent months, Mike Groves has been reading the Psalms from the message version, hasn't he? And you go, I've never heard it put like that. Now we need to just be aware that there are different translations, so we need to just be careful with that, but it freshens things up. So go to a different environment, different place. I know sometimes that when I'm at home, I'm working through something, maybe I'm studying or I'm doing some emails or writing, preparing for things coming up, and I just feel, and I have to get up and go, go for a walk down the garden for five minutes, or I'm going to go and walk around the block. I'm going to find somewhere that I know I can go, and it just changes the environment. It changes my thinking. I get stuck in my thinking. Change the environment. Pray in a different way. Pray in a different style. Pick up the Psalms and begin to sing them. Maybe you've never done anything like that. You say, I'd have to be on my own. Well, fine. That's not a problem. Sing prayers. There are books of prayers. There are so much uh, resources online. Come to that just very quickly in a moment. Listen to how others pray. I've learned much from listening to the prayers of others. Listening to how they, how they pray. In the prayer meetings, get alongside someone else and say, will you pray for me? And listen to them, how they pray. And you think, I learn from that. I grow in that. If you aspire to be uh, someone else who's a Christian, you say, I love the way they pray, get alongside them and say, come and pray for me. Teach me how to pray. 
Okay, it's all about being intentional. We don't have to copy people, but we can learn. We can also learn from other cultures. I love other cultures. I thank God he's giving us different cultures here in the body. And we need to learn from one another. One of the things I love, I absolutely, something goes off in the side of me when someone prays in their own language. Do you know that one? I'd love it to happen here a bit more often. Maybe I'll go to one or two of you if you're feeling brave and say, can you, can you pray in your birth language? Because there's something about that. Something about that. So some of you prefer to sit and concentrate, others it's walking or even what I call journeying prayer, an ongoing conversation with God all day or even over a number of days. I've had that, I don't know if some of you might have had that. You're just talking with God about something over, over a number of days and you just keep coming back, listening, talking. I want to say this, one is not better than the other or more spiritual, I've said that already. They're all valuable, and one will often spark another. But I do suggest it's good to build patterns and routines. Consistency is helpful. The other reason about a pattern is it's harder to break. It's harder to break. So I really miss it if I don't do my Monday morning prayer. For some probably 10 years now, at least, most Monday mornings, I'll drop Jackie off at work, and then I go for a prayer walk. And usually it's in the same place, and I, I will walk around. And I really miss that. And there will be patterns. You see, as you build a pattern, I miss that if I don't do that, if I don't start the week like that, as I reflect on what's happened. There will be different things. I have the privilege of being able to do that on a Monday morning. But there will be different things for different ones of us. So I want you to ask yourself the question, what would I really miss if I didn't do that? Now, you might come up with a list of television programs or, or other things. But I want to say there are patterns in God. Get them to a point where you would really miss it if you didn't do it. Sometimes people say, I regularly put on um, this CD in my car. Or I've got this app from the Bible, and I really miss it if I don't do it. That's a good, good thing to have. Keep doing it because it's harder to miss it. So there are all sorts of things that we can do. I'm going to fire off a couple of things because I want to finish with the Spirit because the Spirit is so vital to all this. But there's lots of things we could do. Some of these you will have heard. Some people like to pray on the armour of God. Have you ever done that? Ephesians chapter 6. Actually pray it on to yourself. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet, sandals of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit and Pray in the Spirit. Come back to that in a moment. But actually take hold of those things. Lord, my faith is challenged at the moment. I'm going to take hold of that shield of faith. I'm going to hold it up. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm going to believe again. Now I'm going to put on this helmet of salvation. There's lots we could do. Body parts prayer. Has anybody ever done body parts prayer? Okay. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God, who's those who've been brought from death to life. Offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Pray around the different parts of your body. I'm not just talking about losing weight, okay? (laughs) Eyes. Lord, I give you my eyes. I repent for the things that I've looked at that are not edifying and building me up and not honouring to you. 
Lord, I give you my eyes, I offer them to you, that they might be instruments of good. Help me to see needs. Help me to see opportunities. Help me to see things in your words. My ears, what I listen to. My tongue, wow, there's one. Mick and Pat have been looking at that with their group in James. The tongue, one of the smallest parts of the body and the most powerful. Lord, I give you my tongue. May what comes out of my mouth build and strengthen and encourage and not tear down. I give you my tongue today. It's a good thing to do. I give you my hands. I give you my feet. Where I go today, the way I walk, the attitude that I have. You can pray around your body. Lord's Prayer, because very famously, we looked at the Lord's Prayer some uh, months ago now. Again, it's online. You can look at that, but we broke it down. Incredible elements to help us in praying. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. What a prayer to pray. Your will be done. Lord, I'm battling, I'm struggling. Your will be done. Give us today. I trust in you. I depend on you. Forgive us our sins as we forgive. Profound moments where we stop and work through. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. And of course, Psalm 23 also fits in with that. And we recognize that there are echoes from Jesus' prayer with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. He leads me beside. All of those things. We can pray those things through. You say, oh, it, it feels like you know, I should be able to pray better prayers than some of, you know, Psalm 23. I always pray Psalm 23. What an amazing prayer to pray. Don't be ashamed of those starting points because as you start them, it takes you in further. Okay? I'm rushing on through, but there are prayers of the Bible, great prayers. The Psalms is full of them. Always encourage you to go to the Psalms. Ephesians chapter 1, you can write these down, have a look at them. Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. Chapter 3, 14 to 21. This is Paul's prayer. I pray that. And then he goes off into a series of prayers. And you can pray those same prayers. Philippians 1, verses 9 to 11. Colossians 1, 9 to 14. 1 Timothy 2, of course, which we've been praying in this last year, numbers of times, which is the prayer for all those in authority. So there are great prayers that you can pray. You can pick them up out of Scripture and pray them over yourself, through yourself. If I had time, we'd go through some of them, but we're running out. And I just want to pick up one or two more things. Anacronyms is another one. Don't worry about the word anacronym. But basically, things that give a shape to our prayer. How many remember this one? Acts, A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Supplication is an old-fashioned word for asking. How many of you remember that one, have come across that one before? Here's a more modern version, chat. All right? Confess, honor, ask, thank. As a child, I used to have a teaspoon beside my bed for quite a long time, because at Sunday school, I'd learned TSP. Thanks, sorry, please. That was a thing we were taught as, a, as children. Say thank you. Ask God's forgiveness, and then ask for those things that you're asking for. 
Just want to highlight something that's just come out recently. Pete Gregg, um, 24-7, many of you will know about that, has just brought out a new a daily prayer app. One of the things that's profound about it is it really um, takes you both into prayer and into the Word. And I love that. It's called uh, Lexo365. I think that, really, that stands for lexicon. Okay, it's an app. But one of the things I love about it is it also, Pete Gregg reads it out loud if you want. So you can pause it, he will pray, and then it says pause for prayer. Or you can read it as text version. He's praying the Bible every day. And I've started to use it. He has his own acronym. Pause, rejoice and reflect, ask and yield. And I love the yield bit there. Pray, pause, rejoice, reflect, ask and yields. And uh, I'd highly recommend it to you. It gives a real shape, goes through the year, picks up some of the um, things that would be happening more widely in church life. But I found it very simple and easy, but also very profound. Um, And I would recommend it to you. These things are helpful. Can I make a comment on confession? Confession is not beating yourself up. Did you know that? Confession is not beating yourself up. It's admitting that I've done certain things that are wrong, recognizing I need God's forgiveness, accepting that forgiveness, and moving on. The thing about confession is I can get myself down into my navel. Woe is me, look at me, look at the state of me, look at how I am, I'm never going to get past this. It's admitting that I've done wrong, recognizing I need forgiveness and receiving the forgiveness of God and moving on. I think that's so important for us to hear that and know that. Just a comment on asking, okay? Asking. I don't think we're as good at asking as some of us would like to think we are, okay? Particularly us Brits, because, and certainly for me in the kind of church I grew up, I didn't think I was allowed to ask. In fact, generally, you weren't allowed to ask for anything. You had to be quiet, you know? Little children should be seen and not heard kind of background. Yeah? <laughs> I was supposed to agree. <laughs> um, okay, but we're not very good at asking. I think I've shared with this before, but uh, a pastor is uh, a much older pastor now in New Frontiers. I went to meet him years and years ago for wisdom, and he stopped me and said, Mark, you don't have because you don't ask. That's the Bible. I thought, that's not in the Bible. He said it, James chapter 4 and verse 2. You do not have because you do not ask. That was a real, I've never forgotten it. And God's saying, I'm your loving Father, your gracious Father, ask me. Ask me. You see, so often we ask inside of our limits, don't we? We ask for things, that are, even predictable things, that are probably going to happen anyway. Faith takes us outside, takes us beyond growing in prayer, learning to ask for much more. Ephesians 3 verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably, say immeasurably, immeasurably, Immeasurably. more than all we could ask or imagine to him. According to his power, that is at work in us. When was the last time you asked God for something that only he could do? 
When was the last time you asked God for something only he could do? Don't forget to give him the glory when he does it. Passion, we could talk about passion, we've run out of time. We could talk about temptation, intercession. There's other things that I've got here. I just want to finish literally with literally about two minutes. Ephesians chapter 6, sorry, um, Glenn, I'm going to mess you about here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Romans 8, 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many feel weak in their prayers? (laughs) Yeah. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray. Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with the will. I feel like this is something we need to keep coming back to time and time again. But I want to invite you in a moment, for those who'd like to, to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, to be filled freshly with the Spirit. The Spirit helps us to pray. It's why I love the gift of tongues, spiritual language, because Corinthians, Paul says in Corinthians, yes, it's to God, it's praise to God, but it also edifies the person who's praying. That's why he's so keen that there should be interpretation. Thank you, Elizabeth, I really felt that was interpretation of the tongue there, and then there was other elements coming in from others as well. The reason we need interpretation is that we might be edified and built up. But personally, I have learned over many years that praying in tongues is so significant in growing in God and growing in my prayer. And so often, it's not a cop-out. I just run out. I don't know quite how to pray for a situation, so I will pray in my spiritual language. I've got faith for that. If you say, I don't feel I move in that, Mark. I don't think I've got that. I'd love to pray with you this morning about that. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We've said it already this morning, but many of you will have experienced those moments where I just felt prompted to pray. If you felt that, you've known that, haven't you? I just felt prompted to pray. Pray for a friend, a relative, a, a situation. And then afterwards, you think, you find out you have no idea. I had no idea, but I felt prompted to pray. You know, people love it. I love it when I get a text from someone who says, I just felt prompted to pray. Time and time again. That's the life of the Spirit in us. Want us to be full of the Spirit. Spirit helps us to be alert to different opportunities. I'll just be walking along, just find myself just gently praying in the Spirit. I'm going to a meeting. I'm going into a you know, a challenging setting or going to have to have a conversation that may be hard and difficult for the person I'm meeting or for myself. And it's like, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please help us. Help us to, to care for one another, to, to be alert to the situation. If you feel prompted to pray at the, end of, at the end of a conversation, at the end of a telephone call or whatever, you just feel that little inner voice saying, can I just pray for you? I want to encourage you, go for it. Do it. It's the work of the Spirit. Can I invite you to stand? We've uh, run out of time. There's more things. There's a massive, massive subject. I hope it's um, been of helpful to you and there'll be nuggets for different ones of us.
Just um, as, as I close and as I lead us, and then please come forward, let's respond. If you want to grow in your prayer life, let's pray for one another this morning. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, let's pray for one another. Please come forward, be ready to pray for one another. Just so aware of this word anxiety. Anxiety is a huge, huge issue in our society today. It's being used there again with Caroline Flack yesterday and so on. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the relationship that we have been brought into through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can pray on all occasions, in all circumstances. We thank you that we have this line of communication. We haven't even spoken today about listening, learning to listen. Lord, we know this is a huge subject. We thank you, Lord, that as we walk with you and talk with you as you walk with us and communicate to us by your spirit there is a peace that comes peace in the circumstances a grace for the moment and i want to pray across this body today whatever struggle whatever battle whatever challenge whatever joy whatever celebration is going on in the hearts and lives of those here, I pray that they may know your peace as they walk in you. I pray that they would hear your voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the way you speak through your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the way you prompt us by your spirit. And even now as we just bless one another and care for one another and ask one another how we're doing, Lord, help us to be sensitive to your voice. Help us to be led by the Spirit. Help us in our community, in our workplace, in those promptings of your Spirit. Oh God, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to listen. We thank you for your grace. Keep filling us. Keep flooding us. We bless you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. When we work, we work. When we pray, God works.